It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're listening or watching. Hope you're doing all right today. Busy show scheduled for you today uh, uh, as we uh, do the uh, fun Farah Stevenson predictions and breakdowns, uh, plus a whole bunch of other stuff. But first, today's show. She's a being a brought to you in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on beautiful St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. We'll give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get a decent slice of pizza. And speaking of going to St. Simon's, I'm going to be down there the week of June 12th. Uh, as Sal and I are working on a uh, project uh, that we can't really talk about, but I've uh, given you guys some hints. Uh, It's going to be real good. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, it's coming soon to a television station near you. Oh, did I say that? Oh, oh my goodness. It slipped. But listen, if you're going to be in the St. Simons Island area uh, that week, swing by, Sal's. And I'm sure I'll be there stuffing my face because that's what I'm going there for. Today's show is also being brought to you in part by Gawk Box. What is it? Well, we can save you some money. We can get you great discounts, and you can help us out. So uh, open up an account today. Go to our website, www.gawk. Well, no, our website. Uh, It's Friday. www.billycboxing.com and click on the Gawk Box banner. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Turning Stone Resort and Casino uh, in Verona. New York, and their next boxing event, which is Friday, June 9th. It's for the International Boxing Hall of Fame induction weekend, and I'm going to be ringside, and I want you to be there too. So get yourself some tickets. Visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Turning Stone Fight poster and uh, get yourself some tickets. Now, if you don't want to turn on, click on the poster, no problem. Just go to the Turning Stone uh, box office and demand a Billy C. discount. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino from Bondage, the baddest man on the planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can literally get a copy of it right now while you're watching or listening to the show uh, by going to uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why we got a five-star rating across the board. Looking to get a signed copy? Don't worry about it. We can hook you up too. Just visit the website, billycboxing.com and uh, follow the directions. Uh... Well, coming up a little bit later, um, we will have Docs Khan join us. Uh, Alex Perpali scheduled to stop by. Uh, we are going to be talking about uh, the fight scheduled for this weekend, World Light Heavyweight Championship fight between Adonis Superman Stevenson and Andres Fonfara. 
It's a rematch. The first fight was entertaining and uh, somewhat close uh, after the first round anyway. But uh, um, we will be uh, breaking that down. I got some more news to talk about. Uh, but first, let me uh, bring on my uh, partner in crime. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Bill. How are you today, my friend? I'm not doing too bad. You know, uh, the weather looks like it kind of broke here. You know, it was supposed to rain, then it was nice. Then, uh, you know, it was raining and raining. Then all of a sudden, we were supposed to get more rain. Then it broke. Yesterday was gorgeous. Today's supposed to rain, but it's beautiful out there. So, uh I ain't complaining, if you know what I'm Don't talking about. Don't complain. Leave well enough alone. Remember that term? We heard that every day. Leave well enough alone. Hey, before we uh, start talking about the uh, uh, fight schedule for this weekend between uh, Fun Farah uh, and uh, Stevenson, plus the co-main event, which is uh, Elder Alvarez uh, going up uh, against uh, Jean Pascal, some, uh, some news uh, in the boxing world I, I wanted to uh, mention to you and everyone else and get your thoughts on, of course. Uh, sure. It was announced that it finally is official. There was a lot of rumor about this fight, um, but uh, as of yesterday afternoon, it was made official. Um, on July 29th, Mikey Garcia, one of my favorite fighters, moves up in yeah. weight to fight and to move, you know, he moves up to 140 pound division uh, to face uh, Adrian Broner. Um, I like the fight. I love Mikey Garcia. Adrian yeah. Broner, um, you know, uh, he's, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought Adrian Broner was really going to make an impact on the sport for his boxing skill when he first hit the scene in a lightweight division. Since then, he's had, uh, well, to, to say that he's had some ups and downs is an understatement. Um, but uh, but I love Mikey Garcia, and I love this fight. Mikey Garcia is thirty six and zero with thirty knockouts. He's only twenty nine years old, uh, so it's going to be interesting to uh, uh, to see. What's your initial thoughts on this fight, and especially considering that Mikey Garcia uh, has also held uh, some titles at one twenty six, one thirty, and one thirty five, um, but he's never fought heavier uh, than one hundred and thirty eight pounds. He is a big kid. I don't think he's going to have much problem with the weight. But Adrian Broner, I mean, he's shown glimpses of superstardom, and he's also shown glimpses of just downright an idiot uh, outside the ring. It's a big fight for both of these guys. What's your thoughts? That's a big fight. Initially, when he said said it, uh, I, I tend to favor Mikey Garcia for a couple reasons. Uh, well, I think his... His uh, taking boxing uh, maybe a little more serious uh, inside and outside the ring uh, than his opponent, but I think uh, I think he also realizes the significance of this kind of fight moving up in a weight class. And uh, uh, yeah, I think Adrian Broner, uh, you know, we got to see how he he conducts himself and how he prepares for this fight and where his head's at. I think he. Is, is capable of putting on a great show. He's, he's definitely a world-class fighter. Uh, I just uh, don't know. You know, when you have a question mark uh, with a world-class fighter, which fighter is going to show up or what's going to happen going into the fight, you know, it, it gives me reason to look at the alternatives. And the only alternative here is Mikey Garcia. So I think Mikey Garcia is a solid fighter. I don't think this uh, moving up is, is is all that great. I think his body can carry it. He's a fairly fairly good size, uh, lightweight. So uh, it should be an interesting fight, and I'll look forward to it. 
I love the fight, and uh, I, I love Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia is uh, the style of fighter that I absolutely love. He's what I refer to as a blue-collar fighter. He brings that lunch pail to work, does his business, and uh, leaves. You know, uh, he, he's he he's not cocky. He lets uh, he lets his performance do the talking for him in the ring. Um, you know, this is a guy that uh, has displayed pretty much all of it. He's technically sound. Uh, you know, he uh, he breaks his opponents down uh, the way you're supposed to, and finishes them off the way you're supposed to. Um, you know, I know he's had some. Um, you know, uh, promotional slash management issues uh, uh, that took him, you know, kept him from fighting for uh, over a year, I guess. And, uh, you know, he's still only 29. And uh, I'm looking forward to this fight as far as Adrian Broner is concerned. Listen, I, at 135 pounds, I thought Adrian Broner uh, was, was it, man. He was the real deal. But, you know, I, I think of his lack of dedication and, you know, just... Uh, you know, I don't want to say, but, you know, surrounding himself maybe with the wrong people or or, or thinking that he was better than he was or, or trying to emulate, you know, his at one time mentor, Floyd Mayweather. He just he, he just missed it boat. You know, I mean, yeah, Floyd is arrogant and and, you know, has the money and everything else. But, you know, I, I mean, not as bad as Adrian. Bro Adrian Brony's been, uh, you know, arrested. He's been doing all this stuff. Not that Floyd hasn't, but. I just think that a lot of the outside of the ring stuff has transformed Adrian Broner into a really unlikable guy. And I think that overshadows his performance inside the ring. It's going to be interesting to see how his skill set holds up to a technically sound guy like Mikey Garcia. Um, another side note, this, this fight, Sal, will be broadcast on Showtime, and by the time it airs on July 29th, it'll have been the 19th live boxing event that Showtime would have put out so far this year, 19. 19, in case, that's great. It, yeah, in, in, case, in case you're keeping score, you know how many HBO has to date? Let me guess. I would say probably uh, eight. Cut it in half. They've had four. No way. Four? They've had four, so, sort of like Rodney Dangerfield when they asked him the uh, when they asked him the back in the movie Back to School. School they, he goes that. through that big uh, he goes through that big math question and he goes four. You know, <laughs> right? You're right, winner, winner. You know, you know, but uh, uh, that's what that's what four. You know, but uh, uh, yeah, uh, interesting fight, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. I I, I like it. You know, again, uh, we keeping up. Uh, uh, the momentum with uh, with quality fights in 2017. Your thoughts? Yeah, me too. You know, like I said last year, I kept saying boxing's in a rebooting mode. It's going to come out back out strong, and you know, it looks like this year it's 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 trying to fulfill what what I uh, what I was hoping for. And tell you what, we uh, we have some great fights to come in the near future. So I think it's a great sign for boxing. And now, if they only put back into uh, into the uh, rule book, let's go 15 rounds. Let's fight for a purse without it being pre-assigned pre and uh, all this other good stuff. You'll see some big things. Let's have the same-day weigh-ins. Those are the changes I want to see. <laughs> yeah, well, don't count on any of that, Sal. I mean, we'll have uh, to get Donald Trump baby. in here and say, let's make boxing great again, you know? Yeah, he's, he's in enough hot water. <laughs> the last thing we need is him to be near the sport of boxing. But, um, <laughs> I, I, you know... 
good stuff happening. Uh, good stuff in is sport. happening, Bill. We're happy, man. This is great. Oh, I, it's I think happening. We have a lot to look oh, forward to. Oh, it's happening. It's happening, sweetheart. It's, it's happening. happening. It's happening, sweetheart. Um, some other news uh, that I wanted to get out of the way before we start uh, breaking down and giving our predictions for the uh, title fight this weekend is, um, you, you, you remember the the appalling situation that took place uh, in the uh, t- uh, title fight, I guess, uh, uh, between uh, Andre Durrell and you... Uh, Jose Yu, because I'm not going to murder him again, his his name. But, um, you know, not only I personally didn't think that the fight should have been stopped on a disqualification, but nonetheless, it was de- the, the fight was uh, DQ'd. Jose was DQ'd for um, for hitting a, a, a Durrell after the bell. And then Durrell, you know, uh, got an Academy Award for, for, for uh, you know, not being able to continue. Whatever. That's just my opinion. But the appalling part was uh, his uncle, uh, Andre Durrell's uncle, Leon Lawson Jr., or the second, however you want to look at it, came over and sucker-punched uh, Jose after the fight, after Andre Durrell went over and shook hands and said he had no problem, and after he was sitting uh, in the corner, you know, standing in the corner, talking to one of Jose's trainers as if nothing was going to go on, going on, and all of a sudden he sucker punches this guy. Yeah. Um, it was appalling. He subsequently escaped the arena. Uh, there is a warrant out for his arrest. Uh, as, uh, as of now, I, I don't think they've, they've caught him, which is a joke. You know, I mean, uh, you know, what am I going to see this guy uh, as, on America's Most Wanted? You know, I mean, it's, it's a joke uh, that, that they're not actively looking for him. But what I think has become more of a joke is the Maryland State Athletic Commission. They announced yesterday that they finally suspended Leon Lawson. I mean, this took place um, on May 20th. You know, here we are on June 2nd. It took them that long to make a decision. I'll I'll give you the quote, Sal, uh, and then you give me your thoughts. The Maryland Commission said, based on the initial uh, investigation of events that took place on May 20th during a professional boxing show, held at the MGM National Harbor in Oxford, Oxon Hill, Maryland, licensed cornerman Leon Lawson uh, II was summarily uh, uh, suspended by the Maryland State Athletic Commission as of May 23rd for exhibiting unruly conduct in a violation of commission regulations. Such action is pursuit to Maryland state law, authorizing the summary suspension of a licensee where the commission finds that the public health, safety, and welfare improperly was required emergency action. The action was taken as a result of Mr. Lawson punching a professional boxer, Jose Yu, because I'm not going to murder his name anymore, in the face following the conclusion of the boxing contest between uh, Mr. Yu and Andre Durrell. The Maryland State Athletic Commission suspension of Mr. Lawson was issued on an indefinite basis. The commission is continuing its investigation and takes this matter very seriously. Well, if they took this matter very seriously, Sal, they would have, uh, you know, acted promptly, as did a couple of the sanctioning bodies immediately suspending Dawson. Uh, Lawson. This is a guy that shouldn't be allowed near a boxing ring at all. He shouldn't even be allowed to watch it on television. And I want to see this guy get arrested. I mean, I, listen. 
I, I, you know, not to, to say I don't like anybody to get arrested. But for this, especially in this type of sport, we can't have it. You have to set an example. And this was a punk move. This guy is a punk. Really. He's a punk. Absolutely. I can't say it anymore. What's what's your thoughts? Well, I tell you what, he should be banned from boxing for life. He should not be a cornerman, should not be within 10 rows of the ring, or, or, you know, he should be just banned simply from boxing for life. He should never, never step near another, uh, get issued another license as a cornerman. You know, half these these licenses, you know, first of all, it's a privilege to, 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 to be in a corner, do things like that. It's not just a job but you got to conduct yourself as so and you know to buy a license to do this to do that and to get in and totally disrespect what what it's all about the whole component of boxing and and hitting a professional fighter cold cocking him where you can and you know it's this guy's a loose cannon and you want to protect the fans you want to protect the fighters you want to protect other cornermen this guy's a loose cannon he's unpredictable he should never Never work another corner in his life. I agree. Hey, listen, Sal, let's take a, a short break. And uh, when we come back, uh, we'll start uh, giving uh, our thoughts and predictions on the Adonis Stevenson and Andres von Farah rematch, which is taking place Saturday. And um, it's also uh, on Showtime, another Showtime event. Uh, and then uh, we got some emails to read. We'll open up the phone lines. Uh, I know we're getting Dax. Uh, coming on and uh we'll, we'll keep moving this uh moving right along right sal moving right along you got it bill all right we're gonna take a short break we'll be back in two billy c will be right back check out billycboxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache oh that hurts why are you doing that to my face that's billycboxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening the Billy C show glad you could be with us and I just want to I just want to remind everybody uh, I know the the show is uh, being broadcast on uh, many platforms right now live um, the best thing uh, there and, and there are a lot of chat rooms uh, for all these uh, uh, areas uh, but the chat room that we respond to and, and monitor uh, even though uh, on Facebook live I, I actually am trying to interact with people who interact with me during the show uh, but uh, the, the chat room that we actually uh, respond to on the show here is up on BillyCBoxing.com. And uh, one of my uh, main guys in there, uh, Coach, uh, just uh, uh, said that uh, from he heard that, I guess, Lawson uh, will be turning himself in today. Uh, Sal, so I just want to know, why would this guy, I, I mean, if he really wanted to show that, you know, he was sorry or whatever, I mean, any I kind of, of thing. Wouldn't he have done this like that day, the next I mean, why go through this? I mean, I, the only thing I can think of is that he actually thought that he was going to get away with this. Well, he probably did. And you know what, Bill? It's just a, it's just a pathetic display of uh, uh, just a poor sportsman con- sportsmanship and conduct of one, uh, one human being. And, you know, like I said, this guy should be banned for, from boxing for life. And... Uh, he's canon he's unpredictable and yes you are right if he ever 
ever wanted to really be sincere and say, hey, you know, I, I was just caught up in the heat of the moment. I did this and I, I apologize. You would have heard that and he would have turned himself in immediately and he would have had all that uh, rhetoric and stuff ready to go and, and spew out. Uh, we didn't see that. Here we are well, well after the fight. And now they're talking about, oh, well, guess what? Rumor has it he's going to be turning himself in. And, you know, it's it's too late. It's past the point. And, you know, this guy should be banned from boxing. He's just a punk. Just like they did a couple of other people. He's a punk. I mean, the bottom line punk. is he's, he's, a he's, he's, he's a punk, you know, and uh, the sport doesn't need him. Hu- humanity doesn't need him. Hey, listen, Ow. we're going to start breaking down. But, but, but before we do, I want to give a shout-out to my man, Ron Lipton, uh, one of uh, boxing's uh, – uh, better referees uh, happens to be watching us on uh, Facebook Live right now. I want to give a shout out to my man Ron and his family. Uh, I know them very well. He was involved with our gym, uh, was our lead trainer uh, at Snoop's gym when we had it in uh, Poughkeepsie, New York. And uh, Ron, uh, uh, if you look at some great fights of great refereeing, you'll you'll find Ron Lipton as the third man in the ring. And uh, you know we're always talking Sal about referees. And how I can't stand referees that try to make it about themselves and, and try to get on camera and try to come up with these coined phrases. And, uh, you know, even idiots like Morala Ronaldo or whatever, you know, uh, making comments like, oh, you know, I, yeah, he's one of the better. Jo- he's one of the better referees. You know, uh, uh, you know, I, listen, Ron Lipton is a good example of how refereeing should be done. He uh, is professional in there, does what he's got to do. And you know what the other part is, Sal? He's in shape. The guy can actually move around the ring. Do you ever see some of these fat bastards? I mean, uh, they're they're fatter than me. You know, and and the thing is, is, you know, when you got a guy that can't move physically in the ring, I mean, and and, and he's supposed to be protecting the fighters from each other or or even even better, you know, protecting them from – from officials and stuff like that, and they can't even, they, you know, they got to get a forklift to lift these fat bastards into the ring, you know, and uh, uh, it, it just appalls me. Half of them are, are such out of shape that they're sweating like somebody's got a hose up their back or something. But uh, anyway, if you guys haven't seen uh, Ron uh, Lipton uh, at work, uh, uh, punch him up. I'm sure uh, I'm sure you'll see a great job. But that's true, though, right, Sal? Absolutely, and I will say what's true is what you're you're praising Ron Lipton. He he's a class act and a great ref, uh, fantastic guy, and uh, that's I'm glad he's in the chat room. That's pretty good. But uh, you're right, you're right. Some of these guys, they, uh, it, it's more about them. It's uh, their time to shine, and and yes, they have a hard time uh, moving around that ring when they uh, just left McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, some of them look some of them look like there's not a buffet I can't pass. I just can't a pass buffet. a buffet, you know. I, but what's worth what's worse? And we had Larry Hazard. You know, Larry Hazard is a regular fixture here La- on the show. Larry Hazard, he he refereed the finals of my Golden Glove uh, victory when I won the Golden Gloves. And Larry Hazard, I've seen throughout his whole career, and he is a class act, just a gem. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Bill, but when you mention Larry Hazard, that just puts me on a whole nother another plane because I love Larry. Larry, uh, gosh, from refereeing to judging to, to everything. This guy, the state boxing commissioner, this one, IBF. I mean, he's just a stellar, stellar career, uh, even academically, scholastically. What an impact this guy had for years on so many young kids. And uh, I, I love Larry Hazard. Fantastic guy. Um, what I was going to say with, with Larry Hazard, you know, I, I, he, he, he can't stand it. 
when these yeah. referees, uh, you know, and he's always quoting, uh, you know, I, listen, Joe Cortez, in my opinion, <laughs> what, what, is one of the I worst referees. Hey, you know, this this is the truth. Joe Cortez is really one of the worst referees uh, that ever uh, was licensed as a referee. I know he's a Hall of Famer and all this stuff, but, you know, truthfully, if you look at some of these tragic uh, and, and close to being tragic fights, Joe Cortez was involved. I mean, he was the guy that lost control of the Floyd Mayweather versus Victor Ortiz fight. He, he didn't even follow protocol in that, and he's lucky that somebody didn't get seriously hurt. But this was the guy, I'm fair, but I'm firm. I'm fair, but I'm firm. You know, and, and, and you know, the, the, the thing that really made it all come in perspective for me was one time, and, and I was just talking about this the other day, one time he's got uh, 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 Michael Buffer, they were doing a big fight, and, you know, I don't know if there was time restraints or whatever the situation was, but they had already brought the two fighters to the ring. And he had said, you know, I gave you the instructions and addressing blah, 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 blah. And they were both turned to, to walk to their respective corners. And Joe Cortez hadn't gotten his, I'm fair, but I'm firm, line in, right? And, uh, yeah. and Michael Buffer starts to move away. And as he's moving away, the microphone's coming with him. Joe Cortez grabs his hand, and as he's moving the microphone, Joe Cortez is sort of like, I'm a family, I'm a family, and it was like, give me a effing break. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that had to get his comment in so bad. I mean, it was pathetic. It, I, I lost every little teeny beeny little respect <laughs> that I did have for the guy. That all went out the window. But Larry's favorite is, is, is Bayless. You know, what I oh, say, gosh. what I say. You must <laughs> obey. You know, I mean, come on. I you mean, know, do these Bill, guys have writers? <laughs> I, you know, you know what? Uh, the truth, the truth of the matter. Over and say, look in the mirror and say, "Hey, honey, how's this one sound?" No, uh, what I say, you must obey. Yeah, like like Robert, De, <laughs> like Robert De Niro. Uh, you you talking to me? You, you, you talking to me? You talking to me? Yeah, I, I think look at me, I look I, at you. Look I, at me I, looking at you. Yeah, <laughs> you looking at me? You looking at me? You know, I, I mean, uh, you know, the funny thing. Is you know you're probably right, and and, and you know the, the 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 joke of it all, Mills Lane, Mills Lane, uh, you know he I like he kind of started it with let's get it on, but but the thing is, is that when yeah. Mills Lane did it, he wasn't yeah. trying. I think it, it you know, I, and and it's a fact that it was just done as an accident at first. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and and he just started doing it. That became his shtick. He wasn't trying to steal anything, right? But because yeah. it became so popular, all these other referees had to come up with their coin, you know, phrase, exactly. and and it just it's out of it's out of you know it's out of control. There, there's a guy in New York that uh, you know what, what did he say? Uh, uh, you know, there's just been so many of them. I'm trying to think the guy that I really used to crucify. Um, you know, uh, uh, not. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't. I don't want to get too much. But uh, hey, we got to thank Ron. You know, Ron Lipton uh, steps foot. And 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 I'll tell you another thing about Ron Lipton, Sal. Something you may not have even known. When we That's first right. started this show, all right, um, Ron Lipton was doing the show with me. Uh, Ron and I actually no, we we started this show in Snoop's gym as a, as really to help promote the gym itself, not right. even. Uh, 
uh, not even thinking that it was going to, you know, that was 14 years ago. We weren't even thinking that the show was going to take off. And Ron and I were, were doing the show, basically talking boxing. The idea of the show was two regular guys, you know, BSing about the sport, about the history of the sport. And uh, Ron is an extremely uh, knowledgeable uh, boxing historian. And that's how we started the show. Uh, we, we wish we had, I, I tell you the truth, I wish I could come up with... <laughs> Snoop's gym was in, located in, like, a really bad part of the city of Poughkeepsie, all right? I mean, it was bad. And uh, and the first episode, I think, uh, and, and then the that week we got added, we got picked up uh, by a, uh, a sports, uh, uh, internet sports network. But, uh, but, but the first show, we're talking about, yeah, here we are at Snoop's and blah, 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 and all of a sudden you're hearing all the sirens of like, cause you know, somebody must've got shot or something up the street, you know, and Ron and I are looking at each other like, huh, what, what are you talking about? But, uh, yeah, no, uh, Ron, uh, uh, Ron knows his stuff. Anyway, I know we're uh, getting a little sidetracked here, but, uh, no. uh, good stuff, right? I mean, uh, Hey, good listen, the, in, in my opinion, Sal, and obviously, yeah. uh, you know, I, I know people that are just getting turned on to this show, um, you know, might say, oh, what's with all the commercial breaks and stuff? Listen, we, we have these requirements by the television networks and the radio stations that we're on, um, and we try to get them out quick in the first part of the show. Then we, then we flow with none. So just bear with us because we've got another one coming up. But, you know, the, the, in my opinion, Sal, the best referees, the best referees in the sport of boxing are the ones you can't remember who refereed. And the reason why I say that is because... You're not watching the referee and his performance. You're, you're trying to watch the fighters. So if you watch a good fight and you realize that the, the referee that was, you know, the third man in the ring didn't break them up when they were fighting inside, did a good job, you kind of don't see him in the camera shot. You kind of don't remember who it is. That's a right. good referee. The referee that you remember who did the, oh, Steve Smoger. Oh, look at that guy. He's got no neck. His pants are all the way up. His belt he wears around. He could wear a tie and a belt as the same thing. You know, and then, oh, yeah, every all of those guys you remember because they do such a horrific job. What, what do you think? Well, I, I, I kind of like Steve Smoger, but uh, oh, come you're on. right. You're 100 come on. right. You know what? When they want to bring attention to themselves, they do just that. Mills Lane was a class act. Uh, I, I love the. Hey, he moved around the ring pretty good too. But um, I'll tell you what. Uh, what you said is, is ideal. I mean, we see that in every fight. We know who the referee is or who he is not. And when when you see a good referee that allows these fighters to to do their thing to fight, but yet does protect them and keeps in. Uh, Keeps in mind the rules of engagement or rules of boxing, you know, and uh, negates anything movement with the heads or the elbows and things like that and the kidney shots. And, you know, there's a guy doing a great job, and he's usually the unsung third man in the ring. And and uh, it, it's great when you see a guy that could do that the job in that capacity. Let me tell you, but, Steve, uh, Smoger, go Steve Smoger, go back and watch Steve Smoger. Steve Smoger... First of all, if, I think he if, used to referee cut my fight. Listen, Steve sure. Smoger, when he referees a fight, first of all, go watch it. All right, he rubs his privates all over the. I, I think he, I think he really. I, 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 not that there's anything wrong with who, whatever your sexual preference is, but he's rubbing his, you know what, all over these guys. You know, if he's if he's rooting for you, I've seen him smack around the opponents worse than the fighters do. I've seen him kiss guys in the ring. I mean, Steve Smoger is terrible. 
And he's another one of these Hall of Fame. And and anybody, in my opinion, no disrespect to, to people that are physically challenged, but, but anybody that can wear a belt and a tie to perform the same function, all right, um, shouldn't be in the ring. I, I'm sorry, shouldn't be in the ring. I, I, that's just my opinion. I, I don't know. I mean, well, they know. used to have the ties years ago. That was a part of uh, the uniform. Was a tie tucked into your uh, your button, your lapel there? I mean, I mean, I, I uh, Sal, his I, pants. I, he buttons his pants. They're around his neck. He doesn't even need to wear a shirt. His pants are so high up that he doesn't even need to wear a shirt. I, I listen. We got to take a break. High risers. Huh? High risers. Oh, I, I mean. Uh, Oh man, I could go on and on. He is, he is, in my opinion, the worst. Really. I, anyway, so let's take a short break. I going, don't I? Yeah, yeah. Let's take a quick break. Then we got a long ways before the next one. Let's start breaking this fight down. We've been talking about it. It's time to do it. We're gonna do it right after this break. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And where... Back, you're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. I just want to say one more thing. We, you know, we're going to start breaking down the uh, Stevenson fight right now, Sal. But I just want to say one thing. You know, the bottom line is this, and I've said this exact phrase before, words, whatever. It's fighter A versus fighter B. It's not fighter A versus fighter B featuring referee so and so. Oh, great! Oh, I want to see referee. Oh, I'm coming to buy the fight because I want to see the ref. You know, no. No, it's not. It's fighter A versus fighter B. It's not fighter A versus fighter B featuring the referee. It's not, it's not, right? Don't you agree at least? I agree. No, I do agree with you. I do agree. Like I said, it's about the fighters and about the, having them fight a fair fight. That's, oh, that's all it is. And a referee is supposed to ensure and, and uh, make sure that these guys are fighting a fair fight. That's all. We got some that's guys it. in the chat room. And by the way, if you're... Uh, uh, watching and listening, check out the chat room on BillyCBoxing.com. It's the one we refer to. I got some guys in there saying Smoger looks like a pedophile. Uh, you know, there's some <laughs> other guys like him. That's you know, I'm not even going to mention because uh, uh, one of my main men likes him. You know, so I'm not going to even I'm not going to even mention who it is. But uh, I, you know, and, and I, my man New Rose uh, says uh, uh, that Russell Mora is terrible. You know, Russell Mora. I you know the the bad thing about Russell Mora is that I met him. And first of all, he's got this gorgeous wife. But uh, I, I met him, and he's such a nice guy. He got re- he fell in the ranks when he uh, what was it the uh, Abnamares fight with all the low blows um, yeah. that he he didn't call. And and you know one thing I do applaud, even though we're probably going to be ripping apart the Nevada State Athletic Commission, they 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 definitely you know suspended him for a little bit. Then they made him rework his uh, position back. You know, uh, they were giving him the crappy fights, and, and he's back with the bigger fights. And, I, you know, I think he's a pretty decent referee. Um, you know, I, yes, he, he had a bad night that night. There was no question uh, in the Maris fight uh, that he had a bad night. But um, but I, I don't think he's as bad as, uh, 
uh, my man uh, New Rose is uh, saying in the uh, in the chat room. But anyway, let's start with the uh, uh, breakdowns of the fight. Uh, Adonis Stevenson against uh, uh, Andres Von Farah this weekend on Showtime coming at us from Canada. Uh, some uh, comments that uh, both uh, uh, made. Uh, Stevenson says, I know uh, Von Farah from 12 rounds in the ring already. He can't change his style right now. He may show some improved defense. And by the way, he's working with Hunter, so I'm hoping that he doesn't become too boring. But uh, anyway, he says he may show some improved defense, but after a couple of rounds, it's going to be the same old Von Farah. This fight uh, will be different. I expect a knockout. I hurt my hand in our first fight, but now I'm fully healthy, and I expect to knock him out. You know, he might as well said, I don't want to make any excuses, but, you know, I broke my hand. You know. <laughs> uh, Fun Farah says, uh, I'm ready to be the new world champion. I'm going to do that Saturday. Uh, he wants to knock out, and I want to knock out, too. I respect him because he's a champ. I came here to show that this time I'm the better fighter. Um, the odds right now, 11 to 1 uh, in favor of uh, Stevenson. I know that some of the odds are even better. Uh, my man, uh, my man, coach uh, made a smart uh, uh, play and got twelve to one on Fonfara. Uh, I think that's a smart bet. I, I don't think Stevenson's that good. What's your thoughts on the comments? Well, I, I've been watching the fight twice, and I, I just finished watching it right now as we've been doing the show. And uh, I'll tell you what, I, you know, when fighters go into a fight for a rematch. On this level, sure, it's a, it's a, uh, it's nice to have the purse, and they do that. But you got to look at what's the motivation. I, th I believe in my heart of hearts that fighters will get back in the ring together because they each learned from the first fight, and they each feel that they could better their opponent and come out the victor. Uh, I don't see too much of a change in you know. It was so funny. When uh, Stevenson's saying that he doesn't see too much that Fanfara could do to change, I don't see much that that Stevenson could do to change. I mean, he he fights a decent fight, but he flails. His hands are down. He's all over the place. And I think uh, you know when you look at his supposedly his punching power. I mean, he had this guy dropped in the first minute of the first round of the first fight, and the guy lasted the, the, not only the two minutes into that round and he came back but he lasted the whole entire fight and he got some shots so he could take a good shot Fen Farah. Uh he had his moments too I thought he was uh, uh, pretty good on his, his his defense he's technically sound he keeps his hands up he shoots his classic European style shoots his punches straight and uh, uh, gives a little head movement here and there um I like the fight, and I uh, I want to see uh, Fanfara pull an upset here. I really think he's capable of. He he's coming in. We we'll see what happens. He's got ten years uh, on his side as well. You know, listen, I, I've always I've always thought that Stevenson. I just can't stand fighters that pound their chest and then avoid the big fights, and that's what Stevenson's done. So so let me let me start to. Uh, uh, break down, uh, break in down, my pal. opinion, how notes. I see this fight going. Uh, first and foremost, Adonis Stevenson, the uh, WBC's version of the uh, world champion. Uh, he won the uh, title in 2013. In my opinion, he had two good title defenses and five layups. Uh, one uh, was uh, against Fon Farah. That was uh, a fight that a lot of people thought 
Uh, he won his title. If you go back to 2013, he won his title against Chad Dawson, knocking him out in the first round. Now, you got to give him credit for winning the fight. Even though Chad Dawson wasn't the same fighter that he was up to that point, he still won the fight. And, uh, you know, he won it in dominating fashion. I give him credit for Tavorius Clouds, the win over Tavorius Cloud, uh, where he uh, stopped uh, Cloud uh, after seven. He couldn't continue. And then his knockout win over Tony Bellew. Both two big wins for Stevenson. And I thought, okay, we got a guy that's willing to fight the fights and everything else. Then... Somewhere along the line, he signed with Al Heyman and became a cherry picker. His next fight with, uh, was uh, with, against Andres Von Farah. He drops Von Farah quickly in the fight, uh, but then uh, goes on. And, and, you know, I've had many discussions about this fight. And, you know, Sal, you watched the fight I, I, recently. I haven't. I, I didn't watch the fight, uh, you know, during the show like you are. But uh, but the truth no, I, ma- <laughs> during commercial break. I oh, I see. I see. Oh, yeah. You got all twelve in. But uh, but you know, the the truth of the matter is, is a, a, I was in a discussion with some people, and they thought that despite uh, being knocked down, they thought Von Farrow was the busier fighter towards the end of the fight. Do you think it was close? I mean, the judges didn't see it that way. They saw it as a unanimous decision for uh, Stevenson. Did Just real quick, did you think Fun Farah uh, made it close? I mean, was the scorecards correct? I think the scorecards were uh, maybe it could have been a little closer. I, I think that uh, Fun Farah, he didn't make it close like there was a upset or or, or a, a unfair decision. But I, I think, you know, he was in the fight. He was in the fight. And it could have turned uh, with a with a explosive round on his part. Uh, I think he had some opportunities that he didn't take advantage of. But I also think it said a lot on Stevenson. Stevenson should have had this guy if he was a lesser of a fighter. But he should have had him down and out. I mean, he landed some blows. Uh, like I said, uh, Fanfara was technically sound. He keeps his hands up. He keeps his elbows in. And um, he avoided a few shots, and he uh, had a good body attack, which Stevenson also did. Stevenson was one round that just kept going right after the body, and and uh, you know, it was a it was a decent fight and an entertaining fight. And I'm going to see that, like I said, I think that that uh, Stevenson. I don't know if he's going to give us too much of a different look because he uh, won. Obviously, he's going to do what he felt he had to do the way he did it to win but I think from Farah you might see a little different tweak here and there and uh, he's going to try and capitalize on what he didn't do the first fight well he fought that was that fight was three years ago you know, yeah, know. so and Same. he's 39 yeah, years old three years older well well Stevens is 39 years old now you know uh, yeah. so so that fight actually from Farah comes into that fight kind of unknown and because of his performance uh, in that fight, he, he kind of, kind of, his career got going, you know. And uh, after that fight, uh, in my opinion, Stevenson had a, a couple of layup fights. I, I mean, uh, Sadohoski, uh, he stopped him in five. He had that that ugly fight against Seki Obika, where he went to distance. Uh, Tommy Carpency had no business fighting for a world title. He stopped him in three, and then his last fight uh, against a very uh, green uh, Thomas Williams Jr. Uh, knocked him out in four. Uh, so uh, since he won the title, you know, I give him a lot of credit for defending it the first two times. Well, I, I give him credit for winning it and then the first two title defenses. Uh, but uh, the last fight that, 
you know, e- even if we give him credit for the Fonfara fight, it's been three years and, um, you know, four more fights that have been layups. And, and in all that time, he had the opportunity to fight the fight that everyone wanted to see, and that was against Kovalev, and he's, he's clearly ducked him. As a matter of fact, he's went on to say that, you know, he's the real champion, and, and he's this and he's that, and he discredited Kovalev. And I think as a result, I mean, Adonis Stevenson, once he signed with um, Al Heyman, his career has gone down. His value has gone down. The fact that they are overprotecting him. Listen, when a management team overprotects you as much as his is, that speaks volumes. But nonetheless, he's uh, uh, only got one loss, and that came uh, to uh, to Darnell Boone, who's a tough guy. You can't go by his ne- uh, record. Uh, Darnell Boone knocked him out in the first round in 2010. Uh, Adonis Stevenson is uh, 28 wins. Uh, and that one loss, uh, he's got 23 wins by knockout. He's ranked number three in the world by the computer at light heavyweight. He's 39 years old. He's five foot 11 with a 77-inch reach, and he's a southpaw. Uh, he steps in the ring with Andres Fonfara. Uh, you know, one of the things about fighters that get uh, a shot at a title, Sal, is uh, my pet peeve is a lot of times they don't deserve it. All right. I believe that Fon Farah does deserve it. I think that Fon Farah did climb his way back up to the top to get a shot. Now, as he was coming up before his first shot with uh, Stevenson, he had a couple of good wins. One uh, was against Brian Mitchell. Now, now these guys were obviously past their prime, but Brian Brian Mitchell in 2012 followed that up with a win against Glenn Johnson uh, in uh, 2012. He also beat the same Tommy Carpency that got a shot uh, against Stevenson. Uh, Gabriel Campilio, he won. He lost to Stevenson. You know, he had a couple fights in between. He fought Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., stopping Chavez. The first time Chavez ever got stopped. That fight was in 2015. He also beat Nathan Cleverly, which was a, a pretty impressive win in my opinion. Uh, then he got knocked out by Joe Smith Jr. in the first round, which was a shock. If you remember, Joe Smith Jr. was brought in as a guy that had a decent-looking record that was supposed to get Andres Fonfara back in the title shot, and he un- uh, destroyed uh, uh, Fonfara in one. Uh, actually, uh, Fonfara basically wasn't ready for the quick, uh, you know, jumping out uh, quickly that Joe Smith did. Plus, I don't think he was ready for the power that uh, he got from Joe Smith Jr. Uh, his last fight was uh, in March of this year when he stopped Chad Dawson, a, a well-spent Chad Dawson at 34-4, and four, uh, which earned him this uh, rematch with, uh, uh, with uh, Stevenson. He's uh, actually a former, excuse me, former world champion, Sal. He was the IBO world uh, light heavyweight champion. When he did beat Tommy Carpency back in 2012, he won the IBO world light heavyweight title. I give value to the IBO title. I, you know, I think it's more reputable, even though they don't have the, the names. I think it's more reputable than, uh, than the WBA, to be honest with you. But uh, that's just my opinion. It's not counted as the top four. So, uh, but I am mentioning it. He's 29 years old, uh, 10 years younger uh, than uh, uh, Stevenson. He's ranked uh, at number nine in the world uh, by the computer. He's uh, taller uh, at six, two and a half, uh, and has the same arm reach as uh, uh, Stevenson. How do I see the fight going? Well, you know, to tell you the truth, it all depends 
on what Funfara does. I agree with Stevenson's uh, uh, comment that Funfara is Funfara. Funfara is going to do what Funfara does. I agree with that. But I think what Funfara does is enough to beat Stevenson. I, I really do. I, I, I Stevenson has displayed uh, at times a good jab, smartness, you know, some some smarts in the ring. Um, but I, I think his inactivity, to in a sense, even though he's 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 fought uh, as recently as as when was his last fight? His last fight was. Uh, uh, when was his last fight? His last fight was uh, last year in uh, in July against Thomas Williams. I, I think the age is quick uh, caught up on with him. I never thought he was as good as he was as as he thinks he is. I think Funfara might surprise him if Funfara can get out of the first half a dozen rounds. Um, I think that this fight is going to turn to Funfara's favor. I think early in the fight is Stevenson's favor. Later in the fight is Fonfara. My official pick, Sal, is going to be Andres Fonfara in an upset. I'm with my man, Coach. I'm with my man, Coach. If you can get 12 to 1, throw $100 and get uh, a chance to win 1200 I'm picking the underdog in this fight, Andres Fonfara, to upset the apple cart and beat Adonis Stevenson and get himself a position uh, in the position, Fonfara that is, to fight the winner of Kovalev Ward 2. What's your thoughts? Well, you said it all. I agree with you. That's what I said. I, I think Fonfara could pull this off, and I think he uh, he's in a position to do so. And you broke it down uh, geniusly. I mean, it was perfect. And that's exactly 100% what I feel. Uh, I think it's going to be a fight that uh, I don't know if we're going to see any knockout, but I, I do see, as you just completely explain Fanfara taking that later, later half of that fight and uh and uh hurting and possibly dropping uh Stevenson so we'll see I think I think Fanfara has got more to gain here and uh I think he definitely uh knows what's on the line and he's like you said 29 years old he's 10 years younger and uh you know, we don't know how much longer Stevenson's going to hang around. But, um, you know, I and I can't see Stevenson beating a Ward or a Kovalev if uh, if they were going to get in a ring. So uh, I, I definitely see uh, a possible upset here in Fanfara coming out with his hand raised. You know, the, the truth of the matter is neither. Fanfara's not beating either, I not beat either one of those guys either. But, I, said that. But, I don't uh, think either of them going to get past uh, Kovalev or Ward. But, but here's the thing, you know— uh, Elder Alvarez has gotten, he's made more money uh, being a step-aside guy because uh, Stevenson has been avoiding a fight with him. In a perfect world, especially for um, Al Heyman and the promoter of this event, uh, Alvarez should come out on top against his fight against Jean Pascal uh, uh, as the co-main event to set up finally Stevenson against Alvarez, even though Stevenson said the other day that he wants the winner of Ward. I don't see it happening. I see Stevenson ducking the winner of Kovalev Ward, uh, you know, worse than any other fighter than than Floyd, you know, ducking the big fights. I, I think that, um, you know, Fonfaro would do the same. I, I don't think either one of these guys are going to race to fight Kovalev Ward to winner. But as far as Alvarez, uh, Jean Pascal, Elder Alvarez, He's 33 years old. You know, he's he's older than people thought. You know, uh, he's uh, ranked at number eight, one above Andres Fonfara, 
uh, in the light heavyweight division. He's got a record of 22-0 uh, and 0 with 11 knockouts. Um, you know, he's got a couple of good wins, uh, several good wins on his record. Edison Miranda uh, got him onto the scene when uh, he uh, beat him in, in uh, uh, 2013. He also had a, a good win, a stoppage over uh, then-undefeated Rhino Lionberg uh, back in 2014. He also beat Isaac Chalimba in a close fight, uh, majority decision. Uh, and then uh, another big fight was his last fight in February when he knocked out Lucien Boutte. Those are good wins, uh, in my opinion, for Alvarez. Uh, he has shown some some glimpse of uh, stardom. Now he sets in, steps in the ring with Jean Pascal. Jean Pascal was was a a, a really good fighter. I say was, um, and believe it or not, he's only a year older than Alvarez at 34. He's ranked higher by the computer uh, than uh, than Alvarez and Fonfara at number six. He's a former world light heavyweight champion. Um, He's had some uh, good wins, and, and, you know, I liked him. You know, you go all the way back to 2008, he beat Omar Pittman, which was a good win. He then lost to Carl Frotch, but he got back uh, on track with uh, a couple of wins against Adrian uh, Dacanu and also uh, Silvio Bronco. He, too, beat uh, Chad Dawson when Chad Dawson was undefeated, and he won uh, the title from him uh, back in uh, 2010. Uh, he had uh, a couple of uh, losses. Well, he had a loss in a draw against Behop in uh, a couple of uh, uh, anticlimactic fights, I thought. Uh, he, too, beat uh, Lucien Butte. Kovalev beat him, knocked him out. Uh, he had a big win in 2015 against Gonzalez, which set him up for the rematch against Kovalev, which he lost by knockout again. In his last fight, he did fight in December of last year, but basically that was a let's get Jean Pascal a win fight uh, against Ricardo Marcelo Romero. Uh, stopped him in three. His last five fights, two wins, two losses. Uh, of his two wins, he got one knockout. Of his two losses, he was knocked out twice, and he had a no contest. Uh, who's going to win this fight? This is a tough one to pick for me, Sal, because Alvarez does show glimpses of um, of of being a, a good fighter. Not great, but good. Jean Pascal, sometimes you don't know which Jean Pascal is going to show up. Jean Pascal at one point said he was done. He didn't want to fight anymore. He wanted to become a, a, a cop uh, in Canada. Uh, so I, I really don't know what, what to pick. I guess if I got to, if somebody's going to hold a gun to my head, uh, I, I think, I, you know, Jean Pascal is tough. He fights in this this weird spurts sometimes, most of the time. He can mm -hmm. take a punch. The question is going to be, can Alvarez knock him out? He's not really a knockout puncher. He's only got a 50% knockout ratio. And, uh, I mean, very similar to Pascal. But Pascal's been in there with some heavy hitters. It's going to boil down to who's the busier fighter. I'm going to pick Jean Pascal in this fight. I think Alvarez has has been moved along. I, I just I don't think he's as good as people think. I think Jean Jean Pascal is going to win this fight and probably fight the winner of uh, Stevenson Fonfara, and then the winner of that fight possibly going after Kovalev Ward winner. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? I'm going to pick Alvarez. I'm going to pick Alvarez, and I'm, I'm going to. Tell you why Monday. <laughs> After he wins. Oh, okay. Right. Well, listen. I I just felt that I'm gonna go on. A, uh, I'm gonna go on a a, a, a a underdog spree here. You know, with uh, sweet poly purebred, 
uh, and uh, and myself. We're going to do the underdog in case you young whippersnappers don't know who Sweet Polly Purebred is. Uh, go punch up the underdog cartoon and you'll find out. But uh, in any event, hey, listen, Sal, we're going to get Dax Khan to join us here uh, in a minute or two. And uh, we're going to take a short little break uh, to do that. Then uh, when we uh, kick... Uh, uh, when we kick uh, Dax to the curb, I got some emails that I totally should have read before we had uh, Dax come on, but uh, I got Dax scheduled to come on now. So uh, what we'll do is we'll take a short break. When Dax comes on, I will uh, uh, get uh, um, his uh, predictions and thoughts on that, and uh, then we'll read some emails. And before we take the break, let's get everybody caught up on some sports, other sports real quick. The NBA Finals, the NBA Championship Finals started last night. Um, I predicted the Cavaliers to win, and uh, I started off wrong because the Warriors took a one to nothing uh, lead in a best of seven series by beating up on the Cavaliers last night, one thirteen to ninety one. Over in baseball, the Indians shut out the A's eight to nothing. The Brewers beat the hapless Mets two to one, and uh, no more uh, flipping the bird uh, from Mister Met uh, in that game. The Cardinals beat the Dodgers two to nothing. Rockies over the Mariners six to three. The Orioles beat the Red Sox seven to five. The Yankees beat the Blue Jays twelve to two. The Diamondbacks beat the Marlins three to two, and the Twins topped the Angels four to two. So that gets you guys caught up on some other sports. I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to have Dax Khan join us, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on uh, the fights this weekend. And then we got some emails to read. And man, this show is flying by. We'll be back in uh, two minutes. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, uh, we finally, after we got sidetracked a little bit, we're uh, finally breaking down the two fights uh, scheduled for this weekend coming at us from Canada. Uh, Adonis Stevenson defending uh, his world uh, uh, light heavyweight title against Andres Fonfara. And then the co-main event, Elda Alvarez uh, taking on Jean Pascal. Uh, in what uh, is supposed to be an elimination to the winner of the Stevenson Fonfara fight, but uh, nonetheless, joining us right now uh, to give us his thoughts is uh, my man Dax Khan. What's up, Dax? Good morning, everybody. Ready for your weekend? Yeah, I'm, good morning. I'm, I, we 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 got a good uh, we got a good fight uh, coming up. I think, I hope, at least the co-main event. What's your thoughts? Start off with the Alvarez Jean Pascal fight. What's your thoughts on that one? You know, John Pascal seems like he's an aging fighter. It seems like a guy that's been around forever. You would think, you know, he's he's in his 40s or something. You know, he's only 34. Um, the last few years, he's been, you know, inactive. He lost the two fights to Kovalev by KO. Uh, it seems he's not really sure what he wants to do. Uh, he was outboxed by Unisek Gonzalez. He did stop uh, the journeyman in December, I believe, uh, Romalo. 
You know, Alvarez, I've never been really impressed with him. Uh, his K over Butte in February was good. Other than that, it's been pretty much just a journeyman. Um, his official scores over his uh, win over Isaac Chalemba was criminal. Uh, those scores of 114, uh, 118, 110, 115, 113. You know, but I just think uh, John Pascal, due to his inactivity and due to the fact he's not active in the ring when he throws punches, is going to be the difference here. So I'm going to say Alvarez is going to stretch it out, but it's going to be a boring fight while it happens. You know, Sal uh, is with you with Alvarez. I, I just I think he's a bit overrated, Alvarez. Uh, what's your thoughts? Like I said, the fight against um, his his bout against Isaac Chalemba, I how anywhere else, you know, that should have been investigated. How do you have a 114, 114, 115, 113, then a 118, 110 card? You know, anybody who watched the fight, in my opinion, you know, the 115, 113, you can say okay because Alvarez fought at home, but. Really, in my opinion, even the 114-114 was generous. I thought that, uh, you know, that really showed exactly how good he is. And in my opinion, he's average at best. And that's why the fights against the other guys haven't really materialized. What they're doing now is just trying to stretch his career out so he doesn't have to step in against any of the big names. You know, in Canada, against Stevenson, that would be a draw. So that's pretty much where his career is. And I think that's what's going to happen in this fight because Jean Pascal's career is winding at an end. He really doesn't want to fight no more. Um, he's lost interest. He has other things on the outside of his career that he follows more than he follows his uh, career inside the ring. You gotta watch out. You gotta sometimes you gotta speak a little louder when Sal is shuffling papers over there. I was like, huh? Yeah, what? I, what? I, what? I, what? I, you heard? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do, you do, heard? Do, do we hear it? Do fight. we hear it? You know, you, you got you know when when you fart, we hear it too. You know, so just be careful. You know, but uh, uh, oh, you don't do that. I see. Um, uh, you know, the main events, the main event tax. Uh, we got Adonis Stevenson. I know you like Stevenson. Uh, he's taking on Fun Farah. A lot of people don't even think Fun Farah deserves this fight. Um, what's your thoughts? How do you, how do you see this one going? Which version of Andre Fun Farah shows up? The one who works behind his jab, the guy who on the inside is very physical, or the one that comes up with his hands down and is lazy? You know, the guy that came in against... Um, you know, there's. I can think of a lot of... Um, a, a lot of fights against maybe the Adonis Stevenson and in my opinion probably the fight against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. was the best versions of Andre Fonfara and when he fights like he did against the Chavez Jr. he's very tough because he's physical inside he's a big guy but can he do that with Adonis Stevenson who at 39 years old you know, he still has a big punch, but he's very mobile for a guy his age. I think Stevenson is going to stay at a distance. He's going to avoid that long jab of Fonfara. He's going to uh, try the one-two combinations, maybe catch him with a big left hand if he's lucky. But Fonfara is uh, more or less going to stalk him. Stevenson is going to move. It's going to be a boring fight. If Stevenson gets the KO win, I'll be surprised. But I don't think it's going to be anything spectacular. It's going to be one of those things where you're switching back and forth to see what's on other channels during the fight. Wow. Is, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll pose the question to both of you guys. First, uh, you, Dax, and then, and then Sal. Uh, Virgil Hunter uh, has been brought in to uh, work with, uh, uh, work with uh, Andres Fonfara. Is this going to make a difference? Is, are we going to see a different version of Fonfara? Will Virgil help him tighten up his defense? I personally think Hunter is the most overrated trainer. Yes, he's got... Uh, Andre Ward, but I, I think the credit has to go to Andre Ward, I, not so much Virgil Hunter. I think he gets too deep uh, with with stuff, and and quite honestly, 
I never really hear him give any instruction in the corner. He's more of a, a rah-rah man or, or a mental uh, guru. Uh, is he going to help fund Farah? Dax, you first. Hold on one second. Okay, how about... Let me, let, me, let me wake Amir Khan up and ask you how much Virgil Hunter helps you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, That's I, good. I, you know, I, I agree. I agree. What do you think, Sal? I think, you know, it, it all depends on this, and I said this over and over again. Whatever that fighter feels, if he's got confidence in his corner and he feels that he's bringing a guy in and that guy's going to give him a little boost of confidence and, and he believes in this guy, that's all he needs to know. Whether this guy does a valid job or not, if the guy is in his corner and he wants that guy in his corner, that's just another level of, 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 uh, of one less thing he's got to worry about. He's got his corner. That's what he's, what he's happy about. You know, Dax, I, I think it's more, I, you know, obviously Sal brings up a great point, but, you know, the, my, big, my question would be, did Fun Farah bring him in, or did Al Heyman say you got to start working with Virgil Hunter? Because it seems to me that Al Heyman is forcing Virgil Hunter on some of his fighters. Uh, he forces Virgil Hunter on us on some of the premier uh, boxing champion telecasts, which he's he's got to be one of the. I mean, he puts me to sleep, you know, just with his the way he talks. Do you think that could be it? Is Al Heyman? Um, you know, uh, I'll use the word suggesting to some of his fighters to bring Hunter into the uh, into the mix. Or am I missing something with this guy? It, it, does he bring anything? I, I know you you made the comment about Amir Khan, and he certainly didn't help Amir Khan at all. But you know, are fighters seeing something different than us? You know, there's he's not a bad trainer but there's there's different types of trainers you have guys that can come in there and totally revamp and readjust a fighter somebody like an emmanuel stewart was great at that he took guys like Lennox lewis and vladimir klitschko and a host of others um and fixed all their shortcomings and turned them into these these other fighters and while keeping the best of their qualities but a guy like Virgil Hunter, in my opinion, is somebody that you have to work with for years and you have to develop uh, his style of fighting. You know, Virgil Hunter isn't the guy that, you know, really fixes mistakes from what I've, I've noticed so far. But, you know, the style that he implores, uh, like it, how we saw Andre Ward over the years, is great. But he's also a guy that you have to be with for years. And it's not something you're going to see the effects of in one or two fights. So I really don't think it's going to be much of a difference in, in this fight at all. Now, um a couple of things have happened, uh, and this is uh, away from the fights from this weekend. I, I wanted Dax to get uh, his thoughts on um, one of them, Dax, was a discussion you and I had last night, and uh, I appreciate the, the links. But a guy that's uh, parallel to the sport of boxing uh, just was, uh, or I don't know if he's been arrested yet, but he's uh, uh, being looked for. Anyway, uh, another black eye for the sport of boxing uh, pertaining to someone involved in the sport. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah, well, Brian Cohen, uh, for those who don't know me, works with a lot of women uh, fighters, especially. Um, you know, on Mother's Day, him and a friend had a problem with uh, Army veteran Robert LeBron, who just happens to be the uh, husband of Cohen's ex-girlfriend. Um, LeBron, as he was coming out of the back of his building down the stairs with his service dog that was issued to him to help deal with his post-traumatic stress disorder because he was um, 
in combat, uh, for whatever the reason happens to be, uh, you know, Cohen catches him as he's coming out of the door, hits him, throws him down the stairs, kicks him a few times. Uh, you know, his, uh, his partner in crime uh, comes over and starts taking a few cheap shots. This is all caught on camera. They steal the service dog of the Army veteran, and, and then, they, then they go on the run. Uh, this is all caught on video. Uh, you know, you actually seen the whole the whole um, incident happen again. What took place behind the scenes, I don't know. But you know what? This right here was uh, this was street crime. This wasn't even this was worse than what we've seen with uh, Leon Lawson inside the ring. This this was straight out street crime. And you know, when I spoke uh, to James O'Neill, his office yesterday, uh, James O'Neill, who's the commissioner of the police department, they informed me that Brian Cohen was arrested yesterday. But, you know, my question to them was, how is it that, you know, on May 22nd, the media outlets in there in the tri-state area put out Cohen's picture. They asked people to call Crime Stoppers. Uh, they put out a picture of the dog. But meanwhile, Cohen somehow manages to leave the country with his fighter, Natasha Spence, to go down to uh, Costa Rica where Natasha Spence was dominated by Hannah Gabriel's, uh, one of Hannah Gabriel's uh, defenses for her world titles. He advertised this. He flew out of Virginia. Everybody else knew what was going on. How did this happen? How did an Army veteran become a victim of street crime by a known member of, of the, uh, the sport of boxing, fly out of the country, make money, have his fighter, and then come back into the country and then just be arrested yesterday? I, I don't understand how this is going on. This is a bad um, for the sport, it, it's just it was a low life, cowardly thing to do in general. You have a problem with somebody, take it up man to man. You don't sucker punch somebody as they're walking out of a door. That's not my word for it. The video's out there for everybody to see and make their own opinion. Just Google it and look for it. But you know, I, I don't understand exactly, you know, how this. Uh, in my opinion, when somebody does that, street crimes. You know what? They need to be suspended from boxing, even though it wasn't a crime that took place during um, one of their activities that pertains to the sport it just makes the sport look bad as a whole if you're going to be a criminal like that you know what boxing is all about trying to reform you from that behavior not going back to that behavior you know sal uh, as dax is telling the story uh you know you're shaking your head and i can see the disgust on your face and you know I, for a guy that that was involved in the sport you know as an amateur as a pro uh and still involved in the sport now and we're always talking about how um you know certain actions like dax just mentioned certain actions by these guys really hurt the sport in more ways than one because you know the perception becomes that the sport just has a bunch of animals in it you know uh, with this particular move by cohen and then of course uh you know we're still talking about the lawson uh situation uh, how does that make you feel for what it's doing to our sport well, just what you said, you know, it, it's it's it seems that there is a magnetic draw to losers in in a sense to to hang around fighters and to be involved in in their corner in their camp and everything else. And that's not the case. That's not the case. You got a few bad apples, like in any situation, anywhere you have a class of people or a group of people, there's going to be a bad apple or two. And it's just a shame that some of these bad apples rise to the forefront. And uh, almost take on an ambassadorship or for or or stereotypical uh, uh, role as far as what you can expect in a fight game. And you know, hey, the fight game is not squeaky clean. We know that. Uh, 
But when you have people that are just blatant and people that just do things uh, that grab everyone's attention and it's it's not good for the sport, it's not good for humanity, it's not good sportsmanship, period, across the board. And these are guys that don't need to be around the boxing game. We we don't want that. We don't want that garbage. We don't want that trash. We don't want that that bull. Get out. Uh, it's and it's, come down hard on them. No, it, it's true. It's and, an example. It, it's true, and and for the marginal fan or or just the sports fan that occasionally tunes into boxing or he just happens to glance at the 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 news. You know, they're hearing about Floyd getting arrested for beating up his girlfriend, or Adrian Broner getting arrested for this and that, Tiger Woods getting pulled up. Uh, oh, that's right, he's not a boxer. But, you know, I mean, all, all of this stuff, you know, I, I mean, it's just, it, it's not, it, it's it's terrible stuff. Hey, Dax, one, one last thing before we let you go. It was announced that uh, uh, Mikey Garcia against uh, Adrian Broner is set for July 29th. I like this fight. I know you were pretty vocal about uh, Garcia even getting a shot at a title, uh, considering his long layoff and stuff, but you also, you know, admit to his talent. How do you see this fight going? I mean, uh, you know, he is fighting at a heavy weight uh, in terms of Garcia. He's he's never fought at 140 before. Uh, Adrian Broner, on the other hand, has fought up and down. Uh, some of his uh, issues with weight, um, you know, has forced him into the bigger weight classes. His discipline has been questioned. I, you know, I think he had talent i mean i love the fight what's your take on it well adrian broner you know 147 was too big for him uh 140 is a little too big for him i think 135 is the optimal uh place for him as for mikey garcia i think 140 is uh optimal for him because you know he he is a big guy he's a lot bigger than adrian broner in terms of overall body mass i like mikey garcia in terms of uh the criticism on getting a shot after a layoff it's not just mikey garcia it's any fighter but you know what makes me mad are the guys that are out there fighting and grinding every day or as you like to say these lunch pail fighters that are trying to go for it and then you know you get guys that have this long layoff and all of a sudden you know they get thrust right back into a spot other fighters been working so hard for him because they're more marketable with a bigger name behind them. That's not fair at all to, to anybody who steps inside that ring. But, you know, in uh, this case, you know, I think that um, it's a good fight for um, Mikey Garcia as his introduction to the wealth, um, junior welterweight division because what it's going to do is it's going to let him know how he deals with power at that division, how he does with handling the weight, um, how, uh, you know, the weight cut for him is, you know, how much easy, how much easier it is for him to cut that weight and make 140 than it is 135 or, you know, a super featherweight. And then after that, you know, I believe uh, he'll get a win over Broner and we'll look for a major fight with him and Terrence Crawford if Terrence Crawford doesn't move up to 147. So, you know, this is a, a precursor to bigger things, in my opinion. You know, I, Adrian Broner, all of a sudden, it, it, a lot of people, uh, just the way, the, the way you alluded to it, I mean, a lot of people are looking at it similarly where this guy all of a sudden, you know, was, and I hate to use this analogy, but the A-side fighter, and now all of a sudden he's, he's, he's become the B-side fighter. I, I mean, right. you, know, uh, you know, just like you said, you know, people are going to see uh, the fight and, and, and hope that Mikey Garcia comes out on top so that they can set up bigger and better things because anytime you have Adrian Broner in these big fights, uh, you know, you end up with a lot of baggage that comes around and, and kind of overshadows the fight itself, you know, and, and that's what we get with Adrian Broner. Listen, I'll, I'll say this for, you know, a guy like Broner, uh, the difference between him and a guy like Canelo is the people around him 
that are already seasoned and you know they're they're big time boxing people who know how to run the business they also know how to keep an eye on a young guy like that and keep them going uh you get a guy like broner and the people around him where you know they want that attention as as kind of been a theme of the show today when you're speaking about referees they want as much attention as the fighter so these fighters especially these young fighters are forced to go out there and they take the social media a lot like a lot of these boxing clowns that are experts um who supposedly know everything about the sport and you know anytime somebody whether it's our show or another show espn uh gives input on that you know they're cursing people out they're calling them names uh they're, they're ridiculing people because you know what it's it's that mentality and adrian broner has that modern mentality when you go around getting in trouble and you're uh, posting pictures of yourself with guns on instagram looking for attention you know wanting to see how many people care about you if you were going to commit suicide you know his head is in a whole different place he's not in the place where he should be a professional athlete you know he, he's a young boy he's an immature young man he's you know he's, he's got a grown man with a child body with a lot of money and nobody around him to teach him exactly how to handle that you know a lot like a, a Mike Tyson once Customato and Kevin Rooney and those guys left and and that's what happens what people don't realize in this sport when they say oh boxing is as much mental as it is physical you know something what wears guys down and what kills a lot of careers especially at a young age doesn't take place in the ring it, it, it doesn't take place between the opponents what takes place is everything around them and trying to deal with that fame and that lifestyle and that money and those worries and you know what that's what happened to Adrian Broner it just overwhelmed him too much too fast he looked for a role model he looked for the wrong role model he needed to worry about Adrian Broner instead of worrying about trying to be like anybody else and that's the difference between a young guy like him and Canelo who are the same age Canelo worried about Canelo instead of trying to be like anybody else he had people like Oscar trying to say you know what you're Canelo you're not Floyd you're not this guy you're not that guy and that's what happened to Adrian Broner and that's why his career is where it is today good point Dax Yep, good point, and uh, we'll Very look good. forward to your uh, post-fight thoughts on Monday uh, for the Stevenson, Fonfara, and Alvarez, uh, Pascal fights, man. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll look forward to you next time, my man. Absolutely. Just mark this down. Take my word for it. Come this time next year, Adana Stevenson, Andre Ward, Sergey Kovalev are not going to be the top five light heavyweights in the world. Mark wow. that down. I wow. promise you. But it will be somebody not from this country, but those three men will not be one of the top five heavyweights. I just watched, I just watched uh, Sal mark it down, and uh, I, I think Kovalev will still be uh, one of the top guys. But uh, uh, Not we'll top five, I promise you. We'll see what uh, Dax Nostradamus uh, has to say <laughs> in a year from now. But, Dax, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you later, my man. You too, guys. Take care, Dax. That's uh, Dax Khan giving us his thoughts, yes. Sal, and uh, I saw you write that down. And uh, we'll see, man. We'll uh, we'll test. We got some emails, brother. You ready to read some All emails? All right, bro. Yeah. All right, this first one is from uh, Jesse. And by the way, for all you peoples out there, uh, if you want to uh, drop us an email, if you take the time to drop us an email, we'll take the time to read it on air. Just send it to me, Billy at Talking Boxing. T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. And let us know where you're uh, watching or listening from. Uh, we are on uh, 38 uh, uh, radio stations across the U.S. and Canada, and uh, we're on four television networks and, of course, YouTube, BillyCBoxing.com, On Demand, and now uh, Facebook Live. So uh, let us know uh, where you're uh, watching us. But anyway, this one's from Jesse. He says, hey, Billy C. and Sal, I'm glad that Broner and Mikey is made for July 29th. This should be a fireworks fight. 
I just hope there's no injuries or out-of-the-ring drama to throw off this fight. You think this fight will happen for July 29th? I believe this is a pay-per-view fight if you bring a great undercard. You know, before I respond to that, Sal, you know, what happened to Adrian Broner, because although my man Larry has disagrees with me, I I thought that Adrian Broner possessed everything that a, a, a good fighter possessed. When he busted onto the scene as a lightweight, I loved Adrian Broner. I thought that this guy was going to be the guy. He had it all. He was engaging. He had hand speed. He had punching power. He had a, a little charisma. Uh, was funny. Uh, but what happened to him is two things. One, Floyd Mayweather. He got wrapped up with Floyd Mayweather. You know, Floyd Mayweather is Floyd Mayweather. You can't try to copy Floyd Mayweather. Adrian Broner tried to copy Floyd Mayweather, and I think uh, that that hurt him. And the second thing that hurt Adrian Broner, probably more importantly than Floyd Mayweather, is Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner went down the wrong path, and uh, now, you know, you still are waiting for him to just get his you-know-what together and move forward. But uh, anyway, as far as this fight... Do I think it's a pay-per-view card? I, I hope it's not a pay-per-view card. Uh, it's going to be on Showtime, uh, from what I understand. And uh, uh, I, I, uh, I don't think that it's worth a pay-per-view. I, I still am in belief that pay-per-view should be super, super fights. Not that I don't give Mikey Garcia, Adrian Broner, um, the title of a, of a super fight. It's just that... I, I don't know, you know, but Garcia hasn't fought at that weight class. I mean, to see Broner, I mean, to see uh, Mikey Garcia fight, um, you know, Terrence Crawford, that's a pay-per-view fight. But Broner, um, you know, Broner, Garcia, I'm not so sure. What do you think? No, I I agree with you. I, you know, I'm from the old school and, you know, pay-per-views or or closed-circuit TV as we knew it was for mega fights, the big fights, the, the the best fights in the century, the fight of the century, if you will, or, or maybe fight of the decade or maybe the fight of the year <laughs> now we're, we're reaching. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not too big on seeing this become a pay-per-view. I don't think it warrants it. Uh, I think it's a good Showtime or HBO fight. He says, on my picks for the weekend, Dimitri Kutuzov, uh knocking out um, uh, Duradola uh, in 10 rounds. He thinks, uh, like like uh, like us and, and my man Coach, he thinks Fun Farah is going to beat Stevenson by a stoppage in the 12th round. He says uh, Alvarez will beat Pascal in the unanimous decision. And uh, he wants uh, my thoughts on the uh, Matt Remillard fight. I love Matt Remillard, so you're going to get a biased answer from me, Matt Remillard. Um, he says, uh, you're right uh, about uh, Kovalev talking too much. He should just shut up and show up on fight night. Like you say, could have, should have, would have, no excuses. How do you see the undercard? I'm going to talk about the undercard here in a little bit. A uh, little bit, uh, but uh, uh, I, uh, I, I agree with me. <laughs> I agree with me. I agree <laughs> I with like, me, Sal. I agree with me. Uh, I, I, I agree with me. You know that uh, that uh, he he needs to just shut up. You know, uh, we're talking about Kovalev. Uh, thanks for the email, Jess. This one's from my man uh, Mitch. Good old Mitch. He says, uh, Broner against Garcia is done. Adrian's going to get serious this time, right? He's going to do the right thing this time, right? Don't be surprised if Mikey's Garcia, Mikey Garcia's power carries up just enough to get the referee to think about a stoppage in this fight. Broner will survive depending upon the Broner weight they fight at. 
and he's uh, alluding to the fact that there's going to be some kind of catch weight. He says, but I think this is cash out fight for Adrian Broner. Great point by my Great man, uh, Mitch. Wow. That could very well be the case, Sal. What do you think? You know what? I just uh, I have to look at that and say, you know what? There's some validity behind this. Could be very well a big cash out fight. You know, Adrian Broner realizes he's past his prime, and and uh, you know you go on that upward swing, and you know it levels off, and you know it kind of declines after that. And uh, this could be his cash out. We'll see. And what what better way to pass the torch than to a guy like Mikey Garcia? Well, you know, I, I mean. Um... Uh, passing uh, the Not torch. I know which I, I know what you or... meant by that because he he really doesn't have yeah. a torch to pass right no, now. No, he doesn't have. Unless he's smoking a joint, you know. But uh, uh, you know the, the, baton, the yeah. <laughs> but uh, but the thing is, is uh, I, uh, I I it very well could be a cash. You know, here here's what's going to happen to Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner, as much as he tried to copy Floyd, I, is, is much to my chagrin. I, I don't think Floyd's ever going to be broke. Um, you know, he doesn't have any vices other than gambling, which is a dangerous vice. And, and I, but I can't see Floyd being broke, but I can certainly see Adrian Broner being broke. So right. a cash out fight for Adrian Broner would mean that Adrian Broner has to change his ways. Uh, you know, the way he is and the way he likes to think he's got all this money and the way he spends money like a drunken sailor and all this stuff. Floyd Mayweather. You know, he'll waste money on stuff, but I think he's controlled to a sense. I think that he's got enough money and he's got enough money protected where he'll never be broke. And then he's got all that other money where he can do whatever the hell he wants with. Floyd has so much money that uh, if he did become broke, I would love it. But I, I doubt it will ever happen. And I just think that Floyd is smart enough. Not that I think Floyd is a smart guy because I don't, but I think he's smart enough to have surrounded himself with a couple of smart, influential people that he does listen to, despite the fact that, you know, he comes across as making all uh, his own decisions by himself. I think Adrian Broner does try to make all his own decisions by himself, and in the end result is going to be that Adrian Broner is going to be broke. The one thing I do give Adrian Broner credit for was when he was in a fight where he was getting beat the, beat the snot out of, his corner was in panic mode. Adrian Broner calmed them down. As the fighter who was getting beat up, he calmed his own corner down. And speaking of Floyd, that was one thing I always would have liked to have seen, how Floyd's corner and Floyd would have handled some kind of catastrophe, a serious cut, uh, a knockdown, uh, something that, uh, that would have brought some kind of chaotic uh, you know, feel uh, to the corner. Uh, I've always thought that when push came to shove, Floyd would listen uh, to his father and, and his corner. Uh, so, uh, but of course, we'll never find out about that. But uh, one last uh, uh, email here, Sal. This one's from your man, Joel. He says, I was wondering what your thoughts on the co-feature was to the Stevenson Fun Farrah fight. Uh, Alvarez Pascal, do you think Pascal has much of a chance or has he, uh, or is he a weathered fighter looking to cash out in the biggest fight he can I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Pascal loses a competitive fight, uh, that Adonis tries to fight Pascal next uh, to make both guys' bank accounts happier. Uh, I'm curious on your guys' predictions for both the fights. Um, I already gave mine. I think Pascal's going to win this fight, and I do think that he's going to want to fight Stevenson again. 
an all-Canada fight. That's why the winner of the uh, Pascal uh, Alvarez fight is a win-win for Stevenson and Canada if Stevenson wins. If Fonfaro wins the fight, it upsets the apple cart. What's your thoughts, Sal? Same thing. I totally get to see uh, Fonfara and uh, Alvarez, you know, that's uh, basically. And uh, that'll be, uh, that's my prediction. That's, that's <laughs> Sal's prediction, and he's sticking to it. And with that, we're yeah. going to take a short break. Because I need Sal, a short break. I, I just fell asleep. I got to get a couple yeah, of Yeah, Sal needs another five-gallon <laughs> pail of, of uh, coffee. We're going to take a short break. I got uh, the undercard. Uh, that was announced on on a new term, which I find pretty funny. I'll get to that uh, in about two. Billy Z will be right back. Part of the Billy Z Boxing Network. Check out BillyZBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyZBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy Z. Interact with the show at BillyZBoxing.com. And uh, we're back. You're watching the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, also with us right now is the other part of us. It's Sal Rocky Senecola. And hey, uh, Sal, I, as promised, I wanted to give you uh, uh, some news here. Um, they hey. mentioned uh, yesterday that they have the uh, a a couple of fights were added to the undercard of uh, Kovalev Ward Two, uh, which is scheduled uh, in a couple of weeks, June seventeenth. Actually, when I'm coming back from uh, St. Simons uh, that Saturday, uh, we'll be returning with a post-fight show. Uh, so uh, not only will I be uh, coming back from St. Simons, but as soon as I get back, we will have the post-fight show. Uh, for that uh, for that uh, rematch, but they they announced that there's going to be two uh, non televised uh, fights. Uh, I'm sorry, four non televised fights that we won't be able to see, but two. And check out this new term because I've never heard it before. Two free view fights. <laughs> wow! You, you have yeah, we have pay per view. Now they want to emphasize that these are free view fights. What's your thoughts on that that new uh, that new coined uh, free view? I mean, network television like was it's, free it's, view, but on a pay per view, they got hey, we got some fights. We're, we're, they're on free for view. It's free 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 per view fights. What do you think? Well, I like it. It's like a preview and a free view and a and a, it's it's compounding it. You know, it's putting it together, commingling the two. So it's a free view. I like that very much. We're going to use that. Free Maybe. per view free, fights. Free per view. Free per That's view That's pretty fights. neat. It's catchy. Free I like per it. view. I like it. Free per view. Anyway, the free per view fights that we're going to be seeing um, are uh, uh, as follows. The first, uh, Tremaine Williams. They call him the Mighty Midget. He's 10-0 with three knockouts uh, going up against uh, Christopher Martin, who's uh, a, a veteran, uh, which you never know which uh, Christopher Martin's going to show up. Uh, that's going to be in the junior featherweight division, scheduled for eight rounds. The second free per view uh, will be uh, Vaughn Alexander. And in, in case you guys forgot, and in, in, in case y'all forgot, like a Roy Jones Jr. song, 
Uh, Vaughn Alexander is the older brother of uh, Devon Alexander, who uh, got into some trouble, did his time in the slammer, and uh, has resurrected uh, his career. He had gone in as a pro, and uh, most people say that Vaughn Alexander was the more talented of the Alexander brothers. He's currently 9-0 and with six knockouts, and he's taking on uh, Fabinho, uh, Fabinho Pina, who's got a record of 16-7-1. and um, They also announced uh, the undercard, which you'll only get to see live because it won't be on any uh, television, won't be on the pay-per-view or the free-per-view uh, version of the show, Sal. But uh, a couple of uh, good fights against undefeated young fighters uh, include a six-round welterweight fight between uh, Enrico uh, Gago Kaya, who's 4-0 with two knockouts, going up against Jonathan Steele, who's 7-0 and five knockouts. Um, in the uh, middleweight division, a six-rounder between uh, Bakram uh, Mertuzilov, who's 8-0 and six knockouts, going against uh, Gerald uh, Shirell, who's 6-0 and uh, with uh, two knockouts. Uh, out of Jersey, John Buza, who's 6-0 with three knockouts, going up against the toughest guy they could find, uh, TBA, uh, in a four-round junior welterweight fight. TBA is a badass. I mean, you got to watch out for TBA. And, uh, yeah, it reminds to be announced. Yeah. Oh, oh, is that what that stands for? Oh, <laughs> thanks for telling me, man. I, 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 I thought it was just... You know, because I see, I was going to say, you know, this TBA fight, he fights a lot, man. I see him a lot, you know. I mean, he's he must be a badass, you know. Jeez, he fights and I often. I see him in multiple weight classes. I tell you what, I know. That's what I was saying. How can TBA go from flyweight to heavyweight? I mean, geez, he must eat at Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria or something. But uh, uh, anyway, in the uh, super middleweight division out of Brooklyn, uh, Junior Yoan, he's 11-0 with eight knockouts, is going up against Zoltan Sira, who's an experienced fighter uh, out of Hungary, 28-12 uh, with 19 rock, uh, knockouts. That's going to be a six-round fight. So, I mean, the card uh, uh, sounds pretty good, Sal. What do you think? Yeah, it does sound pretty good. And we'll uh, see how these fighters emerge with uh, their name being known, you know, one day. So we'll see. Well, listen, you know, it's, uh, it's that time. Especially, especially that other guy with the three initials. TBA. He's tough. That he's TBA, tough. That TBA. he's tough. He's tough. You don't want to mess with him. Let me tell you, Forget you don't, you don't want to mess with him. If you see TBA, let me just tell you, for all you guys out there watching and listening, boys and girls, uh, men and ladies, uh, children of all ages, if you see TBA walking down the street, don't make eye contact and walk on the other side. I'm telling you, I don't even care if you got a Rottweiler or a Pitbull with you, avoid TBA at all costs. <laughs> he's a badass. Anyway. It's that time. You know, we got the trivia question, and man, these guys have been doing uh, doing well. I had a tough one yesterday. I, I thought it was a tough one, and uh, uh, I, I'll give a shout-out to— uh, well, first, let me read the question. The question was, what did Ted Kidd-Lewis, Dave Shade, and Young Stribling all have in common? I have a correct answer, but I'm going to give a shout-out to Kevin. You remember Kevin? Kevin? Kevin's the guy that— you know, where's the trivia question? He cried. It was a trail of tears from my studio all the way to Kevin's house. You know, wanted the wanted the uh, uh, trivia question back, and uh, he's he's, uh, he's coming up short. But I, I'm going to give him credit right now because Kevin was close. Kevin said that uh, all of these fights, uh, all of these uh, fighters, uh, had a uh, uh, hundred fights. Um, but uh, well, actually, he was wrong. <laughs> he said all the fights had two. All these fighters had two hundred fights, which he's correct. They all did, but that wasn't the right wow. answer. My man Matt Tibor, 
who says he's a viewer. Check this out. Matt is a viewer on a, a Holyfield Television Holyfield Network. TV. Wow. So, really? so we're, we're glad we finally got uh, somebody to respond that watches us, uh, watches us uh, on the uh, Holyfield Television Sports Network, which we're glad to be part of. And Matt Tibor knew that uh, the uh, uh, the correct answer was um, uh, the correct answer was uh, that all three of these fighters had a hundred professional fights before their twentieth birthday. Sal, they all had a hundred wow. pro fights before their twentieth birthday. Amazing stuff. You know, I uh, I love it. I love that, you know, that uh, so congratulations to Matt. And um, I'll give a kudos to my man, Kevin, who uh, who was close but didn't win the prize. And speaking of prize, Matt won uh, his own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. So we got a new question, Sal. You ready? I am ready for you. All right. Here's the new question, boys and girls. It's a who am I question, all right? It's a who am I question. Before my 20th, I'm on this 20-year-old kick because I wish I was 20 again. Before my 20th birthday, I beat four world champions and lost to another one who I also defeated a month past my 20th birthday. Who am I? Before my 20th birthday, I beat four world champions and then lost to another one, which I defeated a month after I turned 20, 20 years old. Who am I? If you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, that's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, with the correct answer, you'll win the prize. I think I got another copy of the title bout, but if not, we'll have something else. Sal, are you going to get this question right and make me do another question? I will ask you one more time. Before my 20th, it's a who am I question. Before my 20th birthday, I beat four world champions and lost to another one who I also defeated just one month past my 20th birthday. Who am I? I got two fighters in mind, but the one I'm going to have to go with is uh, Jack Dempsey. <laughs> Jack Dempsey is incorrect, incorrect, but close. You're close. You, you were close on that one, Sal. Good answer. Good answer, Sal. Good answer. So uh, everybody else, uh, it's your your shot to to win to win the prize. Just uh, it's a who am I question. If you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talking Boxing T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com, you'll win the prize. Before my twentieth birthday, I beat four one two three four world champions and lost to another one. So that means he fought five, uh, you know, world champions, uh, former world champions, who I then defeated just one month past my 20th birthday. Who am I? Good luck to everybody on that one. Hey, Sal, on this day, June 2nd in 1933, Eugene Creaky knocks out Johnny Kilbane in the sixth round to win the world featherweight title, and that took place in New York City. On this day, June 2nd in 1990, Marcos Villasana knocks out Paul Hodgkinson in the eighth round to win the vacant WBC World Featherweight title took place in Manchester, England on this day in 1990. On this day in 1913, Bill Ladbury knocks out Sid Smith in the 11th round to win the World Flyweight title took place in London. On this day in 1973, one of my favorite fighters, Carlos Monzon, wins a 15-round decision over Emil Griffith uh, to retain his WBC and WBA World Middleweight titles that took place in Monaco. On this day in 1973, Roberto Duran 
knocks out Hector Thompson in the eighth round to retain his WBA World Lightweight title, and that took place in Panama. Uh, on this day in 1924, Mickey Walker, another great fighter. Great. And, I, and I believe Mickey Walker won uh, a bunch, uh, maybe 60, 70 fights before losing his first one. But Mickey Walker wins a 10-round decision over... Now, Woody, now, now I'm starting to question my own... Anyway, doesn't matter. Mickey Walker wins a 10-round decision over Lou Tendler to retain his World Welterweight title. It took place in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on this day in 1924. And on this day, June 2nd, in 1891... Sal, Rocky Senecola was born. No, 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 wrong. I, Jeez, I, I misread no, that. Oh, On this man. day, June 2nd in 1891, Charles Kidd McCoy wins a four-round decision over Peter Jenkins in his pro debut in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Kid McCoy would go on to fight for 25 years, becoming a world champion and a boxing hall of famer. His career record, 92 wins, 65 coming by knockout, eight losses, and 11 draws. He was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 1991. And a little side note, the real McCoy. Remember when they, they came up with the, uh, the, the you know, uh, coin phrase, oh, that's the real McCoy? Well, that's the because McCoy. Kid McCoy was uh, uh, blamed for throwing a couple of the fights. And they started the uh, phrase... It's the real McCoy, meaning the real Kid McCoy is going to show up for the fight. So a little uh, tip wow, there. Look at that. Yeah. See, sometimes, uh, sometimes you learn something. You learn something every day. You learn something every day on this show. Hey, Sal. Absolutely. I'm yes. looking forward to watching these fights. I hope that they're as entertaining uh, as they're trying to make it sound. I'm not so sure they will be. But don't worry uh, because uh, we will be talking about them on Monday. So I want to leave everybody with this. Make sure you tune in Monday morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, enjoy the fights, and I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.